Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 315. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We are, as usual, at the absolutely beautiful Casa de Cold Coffee on a lovely Thursday afternoon here. <sighs> Sun shining down here in Las Vegas. Can't beat April for good, good weather here in Las Vegas. 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Frosty beverages are open thanks to the kindness of Zachary Humphrey and Thomas Dunscombe. Got a little bit of a uh, whiskey I like it. Over I like how he well. didn't. I like it. Yeah, and we got a little whiskey in the coffee. I had made some coffee, and I felt like an asshole if I didn't. I have a problem sometimes when, like, I never finish a pot unless I've, like, just really focused on it. So today I had one uh, good solid cup before you got here. I refilled, and then we started pulling out the beers, and then had to add a little whiskey. Make that was little, your suggestion, Make though. a little Irish coffee. I That's mean, it. I bet you'd get through more pots of coffee if you, if you, <laughs> if you went Irish on it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't remember if I did or not. <laughs> I'm like, I think I drank the coffee, but yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's delicious. It's tasty because some days, I mean, like, I have to be in a mood. I think sometimes to do a day drinking, which is which is what we're doing. This is a little bit early than than normal in the day, so the sun's a little, a little higher. Early in the day, sun's a little higher in the sky. It's actually a little bit warmer, but the breeze is going. It's absolutely beautiful. But uh, I'm kind of double fisting. I got the the world's award winning. Red, white, and blue Paps Blue Ribbon Pounders that we had. Mm. I forget why I picked these. I think they were on sale at the store. That's why I got these well, ones. That's right, Zachary Humphrey, Thomas Dunskin. We stretch your money. We, we, we buy what's on sale. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When you sponsor the MMA Roadshow, don't think we're just going to go out and waste your money. No, no, no. 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 We, we don't still, buy that highfalutin We're stuff. still looking for sales. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want, we could splurge on some of the uh, lychee. Oh, no. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. That was that was when I realized it was we had to reach out that to the public to and say, "Listen, we we are in a desperate situation here, folks." And I appreciate that Thomas didn't uh, ream us for for mispronouncing his name. He said we got it right, I think, the first time, but I think we said like three or four different we pronunciations. Did. So I can't remember how we actually said it, but I think you're right, Dunscombe. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to both those guys. I appreciate you. All right, uh, listen. So we're going to get into some MMA, of course, but first, uh, a little bit of personal news, if you will. Now, we have. Never missed a single week from the time we started this podcast. It was important to me to say, hey, consistent delivery every week. You're going to get into and that, the program. And, that, and that's how he says it. you got to stick with it. <laughs> and that's how he says it every time. <laughs> He's like, guys, consistent, consistent delivery. Consistent delivery. Uh, no, listen, I wanted to make sure that we always had it every single week. And, uh, man, we have delivered on that. So, Check this out. Episode 315, 315. So 315 consecutive weeks. Now, A, that's kind of cool to me. It's a number that sticks in my head. Not that it's a number you hear a whole lot, 315, but my birthday is March 15th, right? So 315. So Whoa. when I see that combination of numbers together, it kind of has some special significance to me. So episode number 315 has a little bit of special significance to me, right? But here's what gets really cool. Episode 1, April 5th, 2015. It's now April 8th. 2021 as we sit down to record this so essentially we are on the six-year anniversary of the wow. MMA road show that is some consistent delivery consistent delivery uh i would like to, that reminds me of 
Remember how we were sitting outside? That was uh, was Delray it? Beach, Florida. I actually pulled up the, the the description of episode number one. We were sitting outside at the at an Airbnb. Did you describe, did you describe how we got the fuck shit eat out eaten out of our that legs? That did and not stuff? mention in there. Yeah, we were. We were I will never forget that day. Outside of an Airbnb <laughs> in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. Uh, we had been to visit the Black Zillions. We yeah. had been to visit American Top Team. This was right before the Ultimate Fighter yes. 21 launched. Uh, that would mark, you know, the kind of the UFC debut of Kamaru Usman. Um, and, yeah, we sat outside, had some frosty beverages, went, talked some. Went later into the evening and didn't even realize the by the end of the night that we had been getting chewed up by the yes, mosquitoes. And, and just le- I don't know that my legs six years later have recovered it, from the – the chewing it that we had was mosquitoes. the worst thing ever. I remember, I felt like, I was like, am I going to be scarred from this because my legs are so oh. torn up? I thought I literally was going to have scar marks because it was so bad. They were they were itching. So It just showed how fucked up we got, I guess, because we didn't know. We didn't notice, time. by the way. They, oh, by the way, they, your legs are numb right now. You're not feeling the mosquitoes. But I'll tell you what, actually, that, that works out good. It's a great throwback because uh, in six years, we haven't missed a single episode I don't think I've missed a single episode. You've you've been on the uh, not on the road sometimes, so I literally have done this every Thursday for six years. Today was one of the times I almost missed. Man, I am feeling so under the weather. It is uh, it, it is ridiculous. So that kind of maybe makes sense. It's the six year anniversary because uh, oh, there's there's a little sniffle you hear. So I I thought maybe I was getting some allergies like earlier this week, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it is still allergies. I don't know, but um, man, my. My eye is like swollen and watering so much that I can't even like keep. It. So every now and then I'm having to close my left eye just because it's burning so bad and watering. And uh, I've been sneezing a lot lately. And so uh, if you happen to get a sneeze in here, I apologize. I will definitely move COVID. the mic out of the way. That's a COVID. Well, I, it's the new COVID. Strain. We tested on Tuesday and I tested <laughs> clean and I do have the vaccine, so I think I'm okay. But uh, I got the sniffles. I got some cough and sneeze, and my eyes are swollen and burning so bad. That I have to close them. Is your sometimes? family sick? Uh, no, just me. You think it's a CF- CFFC trip? When else? Would, like, I wonder why you would be sick and your family hasn't. Like, where, why the heck would it hit you? That'd be the only variable. That I is think true. Is the airplane the airplane ride and CFFC trip has to be? Or, I mean, I maybe just because I had the change of weather and everything. Or so did everybody else. No. <laughs> I mean, going to wherever <laughs> yeah, you yeah, went. Yeah, yeah. Why was it cold there? No, it was about the same as this. <laughs> But they just have a whole lot well, of different too, kind mean, of trees and yeah. Well, that could be it. You know, the different pollens and stuff. But yeah, you know, yeah, plus yeah. Pollens, I mean, like bro, pollens. If it wasn't for like last week, um, like taking the 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 week off, I was burning the f out, like just oh, yeah. tired wise. So I mean, your body can become more susceptible if you are a little bit tired. And that that UFC run we've been on has been every week was nuts. Every week, yeah, I took a week nuts. off and went and did CFSE. Well, so that's why I've got uh, that's the why medicine. You've been having whiskey. That's why. I, Award-winning Pabst Blue Ribbon going to be consumed in moderate to <laughs> excessive quantities today, and I'm going to try to get some sleep. We got weigh-ins early tomorrow. We'll, we'll get to all that. By the way, I did want to say uh, for anybody that didn't check out last week's CFFC events, uh, definitely check them out on USC Fight Pass. I always tell you that. And of course, it's a shameless plug because I'm trying to promote something I'm a part of. But uh, I really am proud of the the team over there and the people that we work with, and I think they really do a, a great job. But um, if you didn't see this past week's two-pack of events on UFC Fight Pass, check it out. Some great fights top to bottom. Uh, Paul Capaldo hit a spinning wheel kick at, at, at CFSC 95 that 
I think ended up doing like a million views or something wow. on UFC Fight Passes just just on their Twitter account alone. Um, so that was, I mean, it's one of the best spinning wheel kicks you've ever seen. Paul Capaldo, uh, a kid that we've been high on for a long time at CFFC, is undefeated um, and, and, and looks to, you know, has wanted to be in the the UFC since he was like 10 years old. So, I mean, the kid's been working for it his whole life. So, um, some great ones. But the viral moment of the weekend, Hetag Pliev had his finger removed from his hand in the middle of the fight. I mean, it ended up being one of the biggest viral moments of the week in, in, in all of mixed martial arts, and it was one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of. It was at CFFC uh, 94, and it was the co-main event. And, and it, you know, as far as I know, I don't think they went and edited anything out. I think they left the whole thing in. But it's the weirdest thing because, you know, we don't have all the information. Myself and CM Punk are trying to call this as we see it. Uh, and, and the man's finger is, is, is gone. This dude, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth checking out. And I mean, it's, I guess spoiler alert gross. or whatever. It's crazy. So <laughs> what ends up happening is, and, and, uh, Brad Bolton, who works at CFSC made an amazing like explainer video showing everything. He worked in like a couple alternate angles, um, and did some frame by frame stuff. But ultimately the, the UFC was like. Hey man, like don't show this video. We're trying to get people to watch it on Fight Pass, you know. So I was like, damn. So he broke it down frame by frame. So what happens is Hetag blocks a kick early in round two, and it it breaks his finger basically, breaks or dislocates it. Um, whatever. There's definitely damage to it. You can actually see him kind of look down at it once he blocks it, so you know something's wrong with it. Um, but then subsequently they get into a grappling exchange, and his opponent Devin Goodale. Is, is tugging on the glove, like, bad. He's reaching under and tugging on the glove uh, on the same hand. And Punk and I were calling it out, saying, like, hey, that's that's illegal. You can't do that. You know, what are you doing? Um, what we didn't know is that he had pulled on that glove so much that he had pulled it actually over that finger, and the, the left ring finger bent back into the glove. So it bends all the way backwards. Think about that. Gets tra- trapped in the glove and bends all the way backwards snaps off at the joint um, and so it's essentially folded over itself and you can see the bone sticking out now we can't tell that it's folded over itself because all we can see is the bone sticking out but this dude is so tough he walks back at the end of the round and go- and goes to the cut man and was just like 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 shows in the hand and is like can you fix this like we, we got to go we got to get to round three and the cut man's like no <laughs> we can't fix that so inside the cage, they can see that it's bent back and it's in the glove. And so they're like, dude, we got to get you out of here. We got to get you to a hospital. Let's leave it where it is because essentially the glove was kind of acting as a tourniquet and keeping everything in place. And, um, and that's why they were, they were able to uh, sew it back on and reattach it and all that. But as we're watching from the outside, I mean, we can see the camera angles, but we're not privy to that conversation that's happening. And so I'm trying to describe what I'm seeing. And all I can say is I'm like, is it? Is it gone? I mean, it looks like it's gone, you know? And uh, it is a funny thing. So part of the lore of the story, and I guess, I don't know, kind of peeling back the curtain here. I, I don't know if it's better to, to say anything about this or not, but, you know, part of the stories as it was retold online was that a PA announcer came out and said, uh, you know, hey, folks, can we can we have you can can we have you as fans help us look for the finger? You know, we can't find it. That was actually just Punk on the broadcast being kind of silly, you know, trying to keep the mood light. He was just saying, oh, you goodness. know, check under your chairs, ladies and gentlemen. But that's not really going out to the to the to the audience. It's just going out 
to the UFC Fight Pass audience, but in some of the retellings that I read online, people were saying that a PA announcer came out and said, hey, can you please help us find the finger? Uh, that's not actually fact, but it's a, it's a pretty good, you know, tall tale, I guess, a little a little detail to the story that, that doesn't actually belong. But uh, anyway, fortunately, uh, Hetag, uh, the finger was reattached. Um, I've seen the video of when they take the glove off. It's absolutely freaking crazy. It's like his finger just pops out from behind the glove, you know. Yeah, and they, they reattach it. And he, had some, he has some ligament damage that, you know, they reattach it. Yeah, some minor ligament damage um, that they reattach it. And he's going to have to have, uh, you know, some some uh, physical therapy for it, and they'll follow up on that. But, dude, he actually called the next day, and I, and I was – I heard some voice messages that he left for the, for the CFFC staff, and he was basically like apologizing that he wasn't able to finish the fight and saying that he'd put on a better show next time. It's like, bro, like you're good, man, you're good. So, uh, yeah, toughest dude I've ever seen. By the way, um, his team did uh, appeal the result, and I think they've got a great case. So he was actually declared the loser of that fight, TKO injury. Round five or round two, five minutes, I should say, uh, because he can't continue, right? So Devin Goodell is awarded uh, the TKO victory, but you know the, the the film clearly shows that it was him yanking on the glove and pulling it over the finger that caused that issue. So um, I, I think we may hear back as soon as this week, maybe next week. I think at a minimum, it's a no contest and maybe even uh, a disqualification. I mean, it was caused by the opponent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like a- every time you retell that story, I get, I literally get squeamish <laughs> in my stomach. If we never talk about that injury again, I will be good because oh, the- I cannot forget those mental images. Uh, definitely not safe for work. Should you want to watch that fight while you're at work, wait till you get home and scare your children and your and your uh, loved ones with that one. Um, but yeah, crazy toughness. But I mean. In the in the on the flip side, man, uh, I guess kudos to the tenacity and evilness of his opponent to see the opportunity to put his opponent away with that injury. <laughs> well, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but he well, definitely if, if he did was do clearly it. grabbing the hand and pulling down. Like if he saw it and knew that that's what he needed to do to disable his opponent's hand, that's well, that some, that's be... some like legit. That's like serial killer stuff, <laughs> or just legit. Like if, if yeah, a lot of these guys go in there with the the the, the mentality of it's me versus you, it's a battle for life or death. I mean, should you be out in the street and you see an injury like that against somebody that's fighting you, everything goes. Oh, if you it's know? on the street, yeah, everything goes. Now but, you, know, you know, just pull the glove over Ooh-wee. it. That but, was uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was the weirdest thing. I, mean, I wish I could forget the image in my uh, my head because it's. Literally it, morbid. It's, it is. It is weird. So you know, calling it live, you can imagine. Like now, again, it turns out that it was in the glove. But in my head, I was fully convinced that it was just detached. Yeah. That it somehow becomes severed. And so part of me is like trying to look around and find yeah. this thing. But it's so <laughs> weird because you're on a live broadcast. And I realize, you know, we're not on ESPN or whatever. But still, like I'm trying to have some semblance of professionalism as I'm describing what's happening. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! Yeah. Where's the finger? <laughs> Holy fucking shit! Did y'all see that? Where's yeah. The so I'm trying to do it the right way, and I went back and listened to it. And overall, I feel like we did a decent job with it, man. I feel like we, a we we called out the foul as it was happening, and, and b um, you know I think we handled it pretty professionally. But it was bizarre, and I was fully expecting. I think that would have been the weird part, that, and maybe the part that I would have started to lose it a little bit as if like somebody came running in with the finger or something like that you know like what if it was like 
somehow outside the cage. You know what I mean? Like that would have been. Mean, it's it's crazy because we've seen those like big shots on the head, and you see the mouthpiece flying. And you can clearly see it. How bad would it have been? Like if all of a sudden you see a, a something flying, you're like. I don't think that was a mouthpiece. What? 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 Did what his finger just fly Did across? His just fly? Yeah. <laughs> First time. <laughs> if I was on the headset, I'd be like, uh, there might have been a serious risk that I could have barfed. Oh, that would have embarrassing. Broadcast, but. That would have embarrassing. So yeah, uh, one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever witnessed. Not just as an announcer, but literally in all of my time covering mixed martial arts. So if you if you haven't checked it out, yeah. uh, check out. That's at CFFC ninety four. There were there were a lot of other great fights both nights, but. Um, if you want to see one of the most bizarre things that you've ever seen, check out uh, CFFC 94. So uh, back to work with them in late May. I think we're going to go again Memorial Day weekend. So uh, always a good time uh, working with the crew out there. Uh, speaking of uh, disqualifications and TKOs and all that, how about the debut last night? Of course, we sit down to record this on Thursdays, as always. You might be listening to it on Friday when we typically release. But Wednesday night in the United States, anyway, primetime television. Uh, for those of us here in North America, for the first time, one on TNT1. It's a big month for one championships. Now, they're still doing the fights over in Singapore, um, but they're doing them kind of in the morning time so that they can go out live uh, to a U.S. audience in prime time and to a North American audience, I should say. But TNT here in uh, the United States and the very first fight, their debut on TNT, this big prime time moment. Eddie Alvarez is disqualified in 62 seconds. So they're, they're, they're building up to this big fight. Yuri Lapicus and Eddie Alvarez, uh, you know, big fight. Yuri Lapicus, obviously a former title challenger. Tough, tough matchup. You know, no, no easy fight for Eddie Alvarez. Uh, but Eddie Alvarez takes him down, gets the leg right in place, starts punching away. And Yuri Lapicus, who's kind of in a seated position, turns his head to the side so the basically he's he's facing the fence and the left side of his head is 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 pressed against Eddie Alvarez. And so Eddie Alvarez throws a couple punches kind of to the back of the head, kind of to the side of the head. I guess it's all a little bit debatable. Um does get a verbal warning. And uh from the referee does say, you know, watch the back of the head. Um Lapicus kind of leans back and then Alvarez hits him with a couple of big hammer fists. Referee steps in, a little bit of confusion. Alvarez says, hey, man, those were definitely legal. Uh, eventually, referee says, no, they weren't. Gives him a red card. He's disqualified. We go back and watch the replay. And so it's interesting. Like, I've always said, you know, anytime somebody goes, oh, that guy was faking or that guy was this. Like, bro, look at, look at, look at these guys. Look how tough they are. Look at what they do for a living. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going out there and, and faking what's happening to them. But I didn't think the blows – seemed that severe like the punches that Eddie landed I mean you got to think he was in a kneeling position already he's got the leg right in place Mm -hmm. so it's not like he's getting his full body weight into him and I understand it's a very very sensitive area Um, and then of course he landed the hammer fist after the hammer fist might have been where the damage was I don't know because the 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 hammer fists were much (laughs) more forceful you know they were like full impact down but either way fights waved off Eddie Alvarez protested, but as he's talking on the microphone afterwards, something happens off camera where he sees Lapicus and he and he mentions the fact that he's being carried out on a stretcher, and, and Alvarez gets emotional, like he's like mm-hmm. kind of battling back tears a little bit. And we've we've since seen video of the aftermath where he's really, I mean, you can see how distraught he is, how devastated he is afterwards, which kind of frustrates me a little bit because I, the production 
never showed any of that. And I don't know if that was a decision of theirs to not show it, which I understand. They're, you know, one is um, very protective of the traditional martial arts brand and the respect. You know, they're all about the respect of the traditional martial arts, and maybe they felt it was a little too gratuitous to show the guy being carried off on a stretcher. But I feel like we missed something because – Eddie looked very, very concerned, and I didn't think the punches looked that concerning. So that's one aspect of it is, was Lapicus okay? Because Alvarez kept mentioning, even after the fact, his biggest concern was just to make sure that Lapicus was okay, you know, that he has to go home to a family, and Alvarez was like, you know, I have to go home to my four kids and wife, and they want me to come home safe, and I can't help but put myself in his position. And um, So that was that was an interesting aspect of it to see that I feel that we missed out on. So because of that, I don't feel like I can count on, uh, you know, I guess discuss too much because I don't know what Eddie saw, but I guess what I can discuss is the disqualification itself. And uh, I know you didn't watch the Slyco Coffee. I know you watched the replay, but I know you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Man, those punches! And again, uh, I, I so, guess we can't contend to the severity of them. Yeah, but that did not look like a disqualification to me. No, there was one shot that I that right before the the hammer fist. Um, when his opponent goes down, that looked like it landed on the back of his head. Right. Um, but up until that point, I wonder if if the ref clearly wasn't sounding like he was complaining like over and over about the back of the head. And then you heard the chirping from um, the corner saying back of the head, which I think egged on the ref to get in there more. And then it seemed to me that it was played up and that he did one of these sort of like, oh, and leaned back. And then that's when he caught the hammer fist. Right. And then he got the real damage done on him. Um and I could see where why Eddie was frustrated at the end because um, you know the last thing he wants to be seen as is painted as as like a dirty fighter. Right. When he I thought he explained it great how he was trying to make sure that he was doing the right things to hit in the right area. Yeah. There was he a shot. He said that he was trying to manipulate the head. Right. He was moving his head to get it in a way that that would force his head to have to be in a decent position to where he was hitting. And for most of the shots I, I saw, it looked like he was touching the ear. There was one shot. There was one that looked like it was probably yeah. right to the base of the yeah. skull. Yeah, and like that should have been, you know, that should have got the warning or whatever. But that was that that was like the last shot right. that I saw. You and know, and it didn't seem like a full wind up, right? right? Like I mean, again, base of the skull, sensitive area. Yeah, the way he was holding him, he would have to have been cl- that that punch had to already sort of completely wrap around his body and then get to the back of the head like yeah, to try to, to generate to any to, to try to to try to generate any like serious force it doesn't look like it would have been able yeah. to do it's a great like about you just said the face is right here against your own face right how hard can you punch and i get it Eddie Elvis is a jack dude that's been a right. professional fighter. So, yes, he could probably generate a little bit more power than you right. and I can in that little space. Right. But it didn't seem like, you know, a Francis Ngannou uppercut. Yeah, and it's not like he was, like, you know, hitting the, a grounded opponent in the back of the head. You know, he was grounded himself. And I don't know. It just seemed like there was a little bit of gamesmanship, but I can't say for sure. I but mean, maybe the, the gamesmanship turned into the hammer fist where he got hurt. Where he got hurt, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I don't think, if I don't it think he would allow ref- himself to be stretchered out if he wasn't hurt. Well, we've seen that. I, I think mean, we've seen it before where guys have really played so. it up. Yeah, I mean, because if not, because then everybody's like, oh, he could have continued. He that's what I'm saying. And that's why I feel bad that we didn't get to see any of that. Yeah. You know? I just feel that if the ref wasn't right there egging it on, you know, stop, stop, you know, watch the back of the head, back of the head, you know, and then hearing what was going on, that which built up the moment a lot more so. Um, I think I think 
it would the opponent never would have it would have never got that way. I, it just felt like he sold it up a little sure, bit. And me. surely, I mean, even the officials probably felt a little bit. I mean, if I don't they go back and nerves, watch it's that. a big moment. Like yeah. the nerves. I'm sure, like the energy around that building. Like I'm sure everybody was on edge. Just their first time on. I mean, this they've been building this moment for yeah. a long time, right? To be on, you know, big time TV yeah. in the United States. I'm sure he's went back and watched it after the fact. I mean, and and I'll even go back and watch again, but I know in the few times I watched it earlier, I was like, okay, that looked legal. That was getting close to the back head, but it looked like it's still legal, still legal, still legal, still legal. Oh, okay. That one looked bad, but then that was the one where he then lays Flop back and then, and then takes the two yep. strong shots to the head. Yep. Um, so I don't know, but it was just – I just felt like – ultimately, my in my first gut reaction was like, man, that was a soccer flop. You know, when at first he had the whole face on it. I was on it. a text conversation <laughs> where the exact same phrasing was – the exact same yeah. phrasing was used. And but, I hate to say that as somebody. Like yeah. I said, I think maybe it was a little bit of a flop, but then got really hurt by the hammer fist. He, he you know certainly I mean? got hit by the hammer fist. And, and, I'm gar- and, and I'm sure that the hit to the back of the head – did hurt, right? But to do the 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 that face and that sort of like you know uh, you know just whole reaction just didn't feel genuine when I first watched it. But maybe I'm biased because I really felt bad for Eddie because Eddie's not a dirty fighter. No, um, I, I've never seen him do anything that would that cause me to think anything that way. And I think that's ultimately why he partially why he was so upset about it because uh, he's not going in there to try to hurt somebody. But he does feel like that was ripped away from him. And and I think he's got a good case for I it. think he does too. And he said he wants to overturn. I don't think you could go so far as to give him a TKO win. Yeah. But I think you could at least turn it to a no contest. No contest. Right? That's the best he can get out of it. Yeah. It was the best. I mean, if he can even get that, he should be grateful. I mean, to, to think of anything else, you know, at this point, that's that's too big of a reversal, yeah. I would think. I think you go no contest and maybe run it back. Maybe, maybe run it back. Uh, yeah. So that's the way the night started. And then you go straight into the next fight, and Adriana Marias scored a second-round knockout of Demetrius Johnson, the first ever time in Mighty Mouse's career that he's been finished. He had lost before, but it had always gone to a decision. Here he gets knocked out. Uh, no controversy at all in the stoppage here. Um, interesting, and, and, and Demetrius talked about it afterwards. He said, look, I know Marias always fights the same way. That is very passive not looking to really engage. So I knew I had to be the one to engage, even though I'm going against a longer, taller, rangier dude. And eventually – So much bigger. He did look so much bigger. So and much it, bigger. It, and it, you know, it does beg the conversation of, you know, these, these weight-cutting principles that one is always talking about. You know, they do the hydration tests, and they don't do all that, uh, you know, weight-cutting. We don't allow, but it just looked like they were in different weight categories, man. It really did. But uh, Johnson comes in, gets clipped – by two strong punches, falls to the ground, uh, and then Marias falls up with punches and a big knee to a grounded opponent, but that is legal in one. So uh, I know a lot of people saw the clip and were like, whoa, that's an illegal knee, blah, 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 blah. No, perfectly legal, um, and uh, a few more punches followed it, and that was that. And uh, the massive upset for Adriana Marias uh, defends his flyweight title, and Demetrius Johnson kind of has to, I don't know if you say start over. I mean, he's still one of the greatest of all time, but, hey, he'll he'll – inevitably lose his number one ranking. You know, he was still hanging on to the number one ranking at, at MMA Junkie, USA Today Sports, so he'll ne- inevitably lose that. Um, and we'll see kind of where his career goes from here. He says he has six fights left over there. Maybe he'll try some kickboxing. Maybe he'll do some other stuff. But um, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Like, I guess the, the, the thought that I instantly had, Cole Coffee is, is 
was this a best case scenario for one championship or a worst case scenario for one for one championship? Because right, because we always talk about bringing over these high profile athletes and bringing over these you know big time signings. You know, there's two ways to play them, right? Either a we take this great and now look, we have this great fighting for us, or we take this great the guy that we already had beat him. And now we go show you that, hey, everybody on our roster is legit. You know, you said that we had second-tier guys. And I always think that's interesting because, you know, I don't know that this is actually going to make Marias or Lapicus, you know, household names that people want to tune in to watch again. So I don't know if it ends up being a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, do you tune in next time that Marias and Lapicus are on a card just because of these fights and their connection to these athletes? Or do you not tune in? just because it doesn't have the names that you recognize, which are Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez. You know, so it's it's one of those things I'm, I'm split right down the middle on, man. I, I yeah. really do feel like there's pauses and there's and there's and there's and there's huge negatives as well. Yeah, I mean I think you're right. I mean you want to get your most bang out of your buck for using him and that was it was it was a gamble in the sense that they knew that was it would certainly would have helped DJ's star rise even more you know, to get that belt. Get and, that one title. You know. And take the, the picture with all the, the one Grand Prix belt, the one flyweight belt, the UFC belts. Yeah, and then all the hot little girls off to the side. <laughs> they have such attractive little <laughs> <laughs> girls up there. Uh, uh, now I'm distracted. <laughs> but um, I just, I mean, he, you know, it, it just felt like it was going to happen eventually. I mean, while DJ is a, he's a freak of nature, he's just undersized at 35. I mean, every every fight that he's had there has been a challenge. You know, we, we haven't seen the dominance like we've seen before, but that's the way that it's been. Um, I just feel that, you know, you, I, I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt for him to start over. Just wonder if there's some other avenues because 35 is just tough. He's made it to the top. He's, he's, he's fought for the belt. He just looked completely outsized and just outgunned. Really and I wonder if part of it, too, you know, I was thinking about a guy that's worked so hard in a role set where knees and that sort of stuff wasn't there. You know, I'm sure in the and after you've been clipped, you just go to what you're, you're, you know, what's just been drilled into your head. And I wonder if part of that in that moment, he sort of forgot that, hey, in this position, I better watch for the knees. You know, and while he's had some fights You're over there, and he's, right. he's been in that rule set. But when you take those couple shots, I, I guarantee he he grabbed onto him and was thinking, I could hold him for a little bit and let me get my wits about me. In the without heat of even, the moment, what's your instinct? That's what's it. been drilled into you over, over and, over and, and over and over again? Like, yes, if you're just having a hypothetical conversation about it, you're like, oh, yes, I knew. Because he even said, oh, I still support knees to a ground opponent. Yeah. I think – but what do you go to in the heat of the moment? Yeah, and I, I just, I just think it. it I think there's a, a part of it that just caught him off off guard because, for so much of his career, he hasn't had to worry about that shot. And maybe it would have been different if he came up in that system. But regardless, he just seemed, uh, he just seemed so outsized. And and we knew at some point that, and 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 I say this with a grain of salt. We knew that at some point DJ's skill set would diminish against the competition that was coming up and coming sure. up. Not that this by any means is diminished DJ, but he's at some point he's going to hit a threshold where his overall just athleticism can only carry him to a certain degree. And right now he's running into bigger, longer, lengthier guys at this division that are just, just, I don't want to say too much, but I mean like no, but on another it's, day. It's guys that watched you. They're, they're trained right. to beat you. You right. know what I mean? That literally have had – 
this idea of beating you right. for years and years, and it's great. That's why that sustained dominance is so impressive. But eventually, your skills yep. – even if you just go from 100% to 98%, right. you know what I mean? And they're gunning for you, and it's just that little yep. that little bit, you know? And everybody has their moments, and that could have been he, – he, he had the perfect – Execution like that knee was flawless. Flawless. I mean, it was perfectly timed. He saw that opening, but it was so smooth, and it was just there was no hesitation at all. And he had that slight little window where he could do that, and it was the perfect execution. It was it was absolutely fantastic. But like you said, these these are the guys coming up. These are the guys that after. I mean, remember the first time when Anderson started losing? It was just like it was like, what are we watching here? How right. is this even happening? You know, before we, he was untouchable. Yep. Then at some point. The competition catches up. The world catches up to you. But at this point, I mean, also, too, I mean, like, not only is the competition catching up, you're fighting a bigger, longer, lengthier guy, younger, um, very, very agile, and it could have just been his day. Maybe if this runs back and you run this, you know, three times, maybe it's two out of three. Maybe, you know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, but on this particular night, but I think for DJ, I mean, DJ still is a phenomenal fighter. Oh, yeah. I just wonder, um, you know, is, is he diminished is, is, or is he damaged goods in the sense of can you keep selling him like you did uh, up to this point? No, you can't because he's he made it to the top of that particular area and trying to go for the belt, lost the belt, or that lost the chance at the belt. Can you just even restart him back at? At some point, you're just like, it's hard. It just feels like the, the, the move back is more so because he was taken off the pedestal. Now it's like, where sure. do you put him after you take him off the pedestal? If you don't put him back into another compartment or another division or something where you give another chance to shine, you know, what, what can you do? I mean, well, I mean, he even said, like, you know, he was asked about, well, what about a rematch? He's like, well, I, it's not like, I, not like it was a close fight or anything. You know? So even he seemed aware of that fact, like, dude, you're going to have to do some work to get back to a rematch. Right now, to his part, there was a cool scene where Marias was like, hey, rematch, we can do that, no problem. But <laughs> I would say that yeah. too. <laughs> you're like, yeah, if bro, I'll talk you out again if you if, want. If I was that dominant, I would be like, bro, you just, you just let me know. I'll yep. be there, okay? Yep. You just let me know. Um, We'll, we'll see. But you're right. I think you do have to kind of do something with him before you do that. I don't think you can put him back. I mean, you could put him back in and do it right away if you wanted to. But I, you're right. I don't think the narrative of it makes much sense. You know what I mean? I think you got to come back. And, yeah, I mean, what if he comes back and has a whole home decision win over somebody else? You know what I mean? Like, right. So what? What is now? Now this whole home decision win gets you? No, like, you got to come back and do something forceful, right? Yeah. So, but you're saying with his, his existing deal – with the existing fights, he can fight those in other areas outside of just MMA. He can do like a kickboxing, right? Because they do, do they do kickboxing, they do Muay Thai, you know, in one. So yeah, one so doesn't just, care. He just one, owes them six fights yeah, he, or whatever. But they don't care what kind. If you want to put you in a different discipline, we'll, we'll put you in a different discipline. It's still a fight. So I've been like, can I just do grappling bouts? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they do that. That would be pretty funny. Like I'm just gonna do six three minute <laughs> grappling matches. How about that? We fact we can just do them all in one night. All one night. We'll just do them all in. One Line big check. Up. One big check. One <laughs> really, really big check. But so we'll see. Listen, one championship for the rest of April is in prime time on Wednesday nights uh, here in the United States on TNT. So if you missed the first one, check out the other ones. Listen, they do have some good fighters on the roster. There's no question about it, man. They have some really, really dangerous. There's studs cats. that nobody knows about. That's like, it. I looked on the roster. I'm like, who's this? Who's this? And then I watch them fight, and I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, like that dude's a monster. Holy cow. That dude's an absolute Incredible. monster. Incredible. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's certainly no uh, fault. We, I think a lot of people when they look at the the guys that go from the UFC, they're like, oh, you know, they're they're not what they used to be, so they're going over here. 
there's still great fighters that are going over. To say that DJ and Alvarez aren't still absolute killers is crazy. But the level of the competition they immediately ran into was a huge eye-opener for me, at least, um, watching these guys. Even uh, when uh, Sage made his first one over there, and he got didn't get his jaw broken in, like, his very first one or something. It was just like... It wasn't like Sage was just like destroying dudes in the UFC, anyways. But he was still a stud. But it was it was a huge eye opener for me when when I saw that, and yep. I was just like, "How did I not know that one was so like the roster is just it's incredible." I mean, they're they're chock full of badasses that um, easily could be on the UFC roster doing damage. They just aren't there, you know. So it, it was. Amazing, man. Really, really cool. And this was just another instance where my eye was opened up to somebody that I had I had seen around the scene because of his, uh, you know, seeing him at, uh, where is it, uh, uh, American, American Top, Top Team. Team. yeah. And then just like, okay, well, look at that, that training partner of yours over there looks really, really good, you know. And yeah. then you see this, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's a world really champion. Really really good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he's a world champion in another organization. Like, oh, that explains why the guy <laughs> I'm not familiar with is over there. Going Whipping really up on well somebody. with everybody. Uh, <laughs> so true, man. That's, that's exactly what you get one championship. A bunch of people that nobody's ever seen before that are really just as good as anybody in the UFC as roster. As good as anybody on the UFC roster. Really, yeah. really is. So it's worth checking out. Um, and, and, you know, overall, their their pacing was good. They, you know, it was, it's small cards, only doing like, you know, five or six fights. So uh, worth checking out. More MMA for oh, you. Oh, and the ring card girls. Oh. And there's always that to look at uh, as well. They're, uh, yeah. Uh, All right, listen, UFC on ABC2 is the fight card that we're covering here in Las Vegas this week. Uh, Just remember, special start time. In fact, uh, it was um, 12 o'clock. Now we found out it's actually 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So our first fight is on Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. Is it really? uh, Here in Las Vegas. That is absolutely ridiculous. 8.30 a.m. I need to call somebody. That's way too early. (laughs) Well, you'll remember this was supposed to be Marvin Vittori versus Darren Till, so it was kind of the, quote-unquote, the European championship, so they wanted to do it in prime time over in Europe. Uh, Till had to duck out with a broken collarbone, which I believe he is now cleared with Dr. Vittori, uh, who (laughs) (laughs) I think Marvin kind of came out and said... In fact, it was not broken. Yeah, I think it kind of came out Marvin and said he wasn't sure about the injury and Darren's like, I'll send you my x-rays, you goofy son of a gun. Did I think he, he, used, he put him out, didn't he? He did. I think he did, I yeah. Thought, he, I thought so. I heard uh, our, our boy Hot T saying that he released him after the fact, which meant that he had to be watching the MMA Junkie live stream. I mean, it's an amazing. Look, you look at the, the 4K stream that, that you're putting out there. It's great of, of media day. Uh, yeah, but all the discussion has really been around Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Um, listen, uh, uh, you know, Marvin Vittori versus Darren Till was the higher profile booking, to say the least. Uh, Marvin Vittori wanted to fight, that's for sure. Kevin Holland's last performance against Derek Brunson, you know, leaves a lot of question marks around what he's going to be able to bring to the to the cage here. And you know, I had mentioned last week that you know we had heard Kevin Holland was trying to step in, and I thought, well, you know, is the UFC even going to give him this opportunity? You know, I imagine he's got to be on the phone talking with Dana. It sounds like he didn't talk with Dana. I'm sure his you know, management company did and said, listen, we'll make sure that that doesn't happen again. But I guess I, I did want to say, um, man, when Kevin Holland came into media day this week, and we're just talking about, you know, what, three weeks in between, two weeks in between, um, it was a completely different attitude. And um, obviously it needed to be. I think, you know, I don't want to say that he was necessarily humbled by what happened, but I think he definitely saw – all of the criticism that he took, and I think he at least gave it some credence. Like he came in, his demeanor was completely different. 
He answered questions completely different. But it didn't seem to me, and 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 maybe I'm wrong. You can, if anybody, you know, I'd be interested to hear what other people think, and obviously I'm interested to hear what you think. But when he came in there and was more reserved and was more serious and was talking about it, he he didn't necessarily strike me as a guy who, hey, I've learned my lesson. I'm never going to be like that again. Right. But not also not as a guy that's just like. I'm just being a smart ass by being quiet here. You know what I right. mean? Like I didn't feel like he was coming in being like, you know what? F you media people that talk trash about me. I'm not talking to you. You know, right. I think he came in and he was like, Hey man, I'm just here to do my, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm focused. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it felt earnest to me. It felt yeah. like it was the, it felt like it felt honest to me. Yeah, completely. And if you were to take that and you juxtapose it over the Kevin that we saw immediately after fight night, where he's like, if you don't like me, F you, whatever. That was a different, that was a much more emotional. This, to me, was a young man that thought about how he acted then and realized there's some merit in what some of these other people are saying, and I can't not hold myself to blame for some of what I did that right. night. You know, it, it seemed to me that he, I don't want to say that learned his lesson, but he, I think, realized that, okay, I had an opportunity that I probably could have dealt with a little bit better, so let me be a little bit smarter about doing this because obviously – he likes winning. He yeah. obviously likes the things associated with it. Even when I asked him a, a stupid question about what he thought about Venom, you know, he was like, you know, let me get some wins and maybe people pay attention to yeah, my yeah. opinion again, you know. So he understands that even when he talked about Dana and, you know. Well, that's it. He you know, said, I he, understand why Dana was mad. He's I like, understand. He's like, like if other he's yes. like, other other fans that weren't, that weren't with me to begin with, don't care what you have to right. say. But Dana is a boss, man. Because that's a business. I understand. Yeah, that's a business, and I understand why I didn't do good for business. Now we got to get back here and do good for business. I thought you that that yeah. that, that you nailed it right there. He said, "I understand why Dane is mad," yep. which I think we all do. Yep. I think that was I think I, that's a smart way to handle it. Yeah, because I think if you would have asked him that same thing fight night, like, what do you think about what Dane is saying right now? I bet the emotional side of what he was going through at that time would have gave a different reaction. Sure. But the the fact that some time had went on, the fact that they gave him the opportunity to hop right back in there, show his skills again, make some money, um, give him a chance to to right the ship and get back at it again, yeah. I think he realized and he, he looked at it and, and and he's just making the right decision. So it actually kind of made me um, uh, regret. I picked Vittori on this, yeah, yeah, because I was thinking that Holland was in a different headspace, I get it. and I was just like, man, I don't know if I can go back down because. If he would have st- in my mind, if he would have stayed with the game plan and he would have stayed uh, in the fight moments, mm-hmm. uh, he would have won that fight. When he hurt Derek, I thought if he if he'd stayed in the moment um, and not let himself get kind of carried away with some of his antics, that he would have got that win. But when I thought about this fight, I was like, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know what he's going to come in and what he's going to think. So my gut reaction was like, I'm going to go with Tory. Yep. But after hearing him and talking, I was like, gosh, darn it, he's saying all the right things. I did the same thing, and I feel the same way. <laughs> I, I Now, I still think Vittori can be on a different level. I think Vittori, yeah. his intensity, his focus, where he's at. But yeah. I do think Kevin Holland has what it takes to win this fight. His head's yeah. in the right spot. And yeah. it sounded like his head's in the right spot. I mean, Vittori is fighting better than ever right now. Yes. And I think after his last performance, I owe him the – the honor of uh, of like uh, putting my my trust in that that Vittori is going to show up. Yep. Um, it was his last performance. I, I thought was fantastic, and I love the emotion behind yep. uh, the wind. After I was like, man, this is a guy that's fully vested in what's going on. But yep. I know that there is some 
some sort of issues going on between these two that hopefully uh, if I keep my pick the way it is, which I guess at this point it's too late to really change because I don't want to be that asshole that says, hey, can we change the staff picks right before you publish them? Matt, Matt uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I just feel that uh, if he doesn't let uh, Kevin get in his head, that focus, Marvin, I think with his power and just the way that he can go, has all the tools to win. But Kevin Holland, I'm, I'm still a huge believer in Kevin Holland and his skill set. And that's why I picked him over Brunson because I think Kevin, when he's focused and with the – the way that his brain works to to pull things out of the ether and pulls out moves and you know and we all saw how he's able to 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 finish Jacare from his back which is just absolutely insane i think he has every possibility to beat anybody in the division i think he's a, a if he can get his mind right and and stay focused and be enjoying what he's doing he's a future champion mm -hmm. you know but if he fights himself and if he gets carried away and just gets brought out of the moment he'll always be a contender and maybe won't get past that that little hurdle. So it's it just man. After seeing what he was saying yesterday, I was like, "Fuck!" That is the Kevin that I would easily, if I didn't see that last performance, I would have no reason to doubt him, and I would have picked him. And maybe I'll say after the fact, I'm like, "Ah, I should have changed my yep. vote." You know, we we all agreed that Kevin's coming in here different. But man, he was so he seemed so focused before the last fight. And what showed up on fight night was completely out of left field that none of us knew yeah. what was going to come. We knew he was going to have fun. But what we saw that night was a complete – it was like it was like his, his twin brother just showed didn't up. Even care about, just didn't even care about fighting. Yeah. Just cared about uh, having a stand-up comedy show. Right. And, and, and it, it was so out of, out of the blue that um, it's just hard. I need to see one with him fully focused I again. I don't and I don't know if it was a the the, ma the matter that he was on the door the doorstep of what in my mind was a title shot. Mm -hmm. We had been watching him win and win and win. And I remember asking Dan a couple times, you know, can this kid jump the line? Can this kid go? And he's like, "No, no, no. He's got work to do. He's got work to do." He did the work and he got there, but he was on the doorstep and just got out of his head, you know, and Maybe this is the kind of fight since he's not right there in that 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 doorstep that we see the Kevin that we've been watching. It's one I just of those, don't know. It's one of those fights where I really do feel like after it happens on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, we're gonna look back and be like, Oh yeah, obviously. Which is either gonna be Vittori Wrexham and we go, Yeah, that guy, yeah. he just got he he's got a little ahead level. of himself yeah. and, and, and we and we gave him too much credit for maybe a couple performances that weren't there and Vittori wrecked him just like we thought he would. Or He's going to come in, and he's going to wreck Vittori, and we're yep. going to go, yeah, we knew that guy was that good. It just he had that one weird night against Derek Brunson, who, oh, by the way, it's kind of hard to look good against Derek Brunson. And, it, you know, because that's the funny thing about the Derek Brunson fight, right? Like, if, if Holland loses that fight in the exact same manner, but he never says a word during the whole time, he just which obviously is not going to happen because that's not Kevin Holland. Yeah. But there's none of the talking to Habib. There's none of the talk. You know what I mean? Like, it's just him that can't get up. That's stuck on his back. You would, you'd, yep. I, I don't know, I just, it would steal them his reputation, but not the way it did. Where I it just seemed like, are you even interested in trying to win this fight? Do right. you even care? That's you know, the, that's the part I think is because all of us were that were so vested in him and mm -hmm. believed that he was doing like just fell in love with his fighting style. Yep. I think all of us were just sort of as weirdly as it sounds, sort of hurt because it's yeah. like we believe so much in what was going on. You, and it's like, how, how are you going to do this? Why are you trust, playing man. with my emotions? <laughs> like I remember us in the press room, I mean, literally 
I haven't been that frustrated for a fighter in so long where I was just like, my gosh, why? I, if there was something I could say to this man, if there was right. a, a fancy button con- on a controller, what button sequence do I need to push to snap him out of this? You know, it was, it was just, it was just so hard to watch that. Uh, I know he's 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 one of these guys that I think is destined for greatness. He just that night I felt like he showed his youth a little bit, yep. and uh, everybody's entitled to have some moment in life, and it's not even just in, in a sporting avenue. Who hasn't had some moment where you just literally drop the ball? Something just yeah. acts up and, you know, I mean, and that could be any any work in any aspect. It could be going out and, you know, say, you know, you want to have a good showing, you know, I don't know, on a date or doing whatever. And just you just have a just, just out of your head and something goes wrong. Everybody's entitled that to happen. And and this might have been his one moment where. uh his is you know some people phrase like his his come to Jesus moment you know where mm-hmm. he was he was buying everything and everything was good and he he he's like my shit don't stink I'm gonna go out there I can do anything I want the world is my oyster and uh, it life just clapped back and said no son it's it's not that easy it's not that easy you still have to kind of work at it and who knows he could come back even even bigger and better I mean everybody's entitled I'm not gonna it's certainly not something I'm gonna hold against him. Mm-mm. But like I said, I, I just I guess for this fight, this I want is, this I, is the measuring stick right here. This, this is, is the, the one. How do you come right back here. from that? How do you come back? And he's and it's not like they gave him an easy opponent to come back to. You. Like you got another guy that's literally shooting up to the top. You know, getting through guys and, and is and making his. This is his chance to make that uh, sort of you know run to the title. You know, mm-hmm. if he gets through Holland, he puts his name back there at the top of. Hey, all right. Who's the next contender? Because then, then at that point, you got to say that he's going to want contender fights, yep. and it's going to be at that point. Because Kevin was on the door, the the doorstep of that right there. So Kevin hasn't fallen far. If he gets a big win over this and he gets back, I think it'll be easy enough for us all to sort of just say, okay, that was a fluke, mm-hmm. that was just a weird moment. Let's just let's just brush that under the rug and let's just stop mm-hmm. talking about it or whatever. Um. But it's going to take some to do that, you know. I mean, I just wanted to go out and perform well and just get back to the point of, uh, you know, him having fun but performing at a level that we know that he's capable right. of. Cause he's, he's too good. He is way too good to throw it away by just letting the moment slip by just yeah. having too much fun out there. That's it. Be relaxed. Be entertaining. But also yeah. care. Also care yeah. about winning, you know what yeah. I mean? So big, big one. I, I'm intrigued by this main event. I will say a fight that I think is is flying severely under the radar, and really I think you could say just about everything on here is. I think the, the discussion has really been about the main event, but the co-main event between Arnold Allen and Sadiq Yusuf, that is a oh, big is that one. On this card? That is a big one at 145 <laughs> pounds. I mean, you're talking about two top tier prospects that really want to prove that they're contenders in the division, you know, and they're both young. Um, you know, both of them, I think, said to us, hey, man, I was, uh, you know, I was a little surprised this matchup. I thought they might wait, you know, to do it a little further down the road. It's incredible but records. I mean, both guys coming in only one records. loss each. I mean, like, you're right. This this, this is like – this is one of those moments where one of those guys, like, again, shoots up and another guy slightly oh, diminishes. But that's a hell of a matchup. I love it. I took Sadiq Yusuf in this one, but Arnold Allen is an absolute monster as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I love this fight. I think, it, I think it's flying under the radar, and I love it. 
Uh, and the rest of the main card actually looks pretty damn entertaining to me. Uh, Sam Alvey, who has been in a struggle for uh, results as of late, but I just wish um, he would smile more. I know, right? He's he always just, so depressed. He feels so bad. Just want to give him a hug because he feels <laughs> terrible. Uh, no, he was great. Sam Alvey was awesome as always. But he, and he even said it. Look, he said, "Look, I'm fighting for my job, man." He's like, "It's five in a row. You know, I got four four losses and a, and a, and a draw." Uh, he's like, I, I, I have to, you know, I have to, I have to win this fight. Or they're going to cut me. Meanwhile, you got Julian Marquez who's coming out saying, uh, who basically said, I'm going to F Sam Alvey up. He was like, I don't, you know, I, I, I know he's a nice guy and all that, but he said, I, I kind of think it's a little bit of a scam. He wants you to be buddy, buddy with them. So you don't want to beat him up. No, I'm coming out to just, you know, drop bombs on him. So that could be a very, very exciting fight. Mackenzie Dern against the returning Nina Ansaroff, who is no longer Nina Ansaroff. She's now Nina Nunes. Uh, yes, so you see that. that big change there. So her against Mackenzie Dern. Uh, I mean, Nina, six and a half months since having a baby, and she's stepping into the cage at 115 pounds. Uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff. But Mackenzie Dern, man, you know, she said, hey, listen, I, I, I've really – change you know I've embraced who I can be and, and what I want to do with my career and, and I love the fact that she openly admitted that hey man maybe I didn't take this thing as seriously as I needed to take yeah. it in the beginning and you know losing and having a baby helped me realize like I need to take control of my career and do something with this while I have it so uh, that was awesome here so that's a big yeah. fight right there and then Mike Perry versus Daniel Rodriguez uh Platinum Papa as I dubbed him he seemed mm-hmm. to like that one by the way I was, I was <laughs> like hey it's Platinum Papa he's like I like that. I like that. And he even used it a couple more times after that. So, uh, yeah, he's in here. But, uh, you know, and he said, dude, by the way, and uh, Abby Saban, of course, our videographer out in England, he kind of said the same thing to me when he was watching the, the, that I was thinking. He's like, man, Mike looks lean. And, and I he thought does. the same thing if, for, yeah. for Wednesday. Uh, he looked, Now, of course, he needs to look lean. He missed weight badly last time. Um, but, you know, he kind of went on a rant about carbs and sugars and, and all that. That's which what was, you could tell. He knew it because, I uh, mean, like, carb. When people take carbs out of their diet, they lose their damn mind. And he, and I thought it was so awesome that he just focused on it. He was like, I just want that chicken sandwich. Yeah. You're over there eating your your sandwich with the bread and the this and this. He's, and he's like, I haven't had any carbs. Yeah. He's like, I haven't had any carbs at all. Oh, man. I think that looks great against Daniel Rodriguez. So, listen, this ABC card, I mean, we know what they're trying to do with, it, with an ABC card, right? They want action-packed fights. I think they did it. You know, you got, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I like the structure of this card. You know, a meaningful middleweight fight, not obviously the one they wanted, but still very, very meaningful. Uh, and then, of course, the two prospects at featherweight. And then, the, you know, Dern and Nunes has some title implications as well. Not necessarily next, um, but it definitely has some title implications. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as far as Alvy Marquez and, and, and Perry Rodriguez, I think those are just going to be bangers, and I think that's why they're there. So, yeah, it um, should be fun. Overall, man, I think I think it should be a fun card. And, and just, a, you know, a reminder again to everybody, it's it's early. Um, so if you got your typical Saturday night routine down, uh, make sure you, you set your TiVo or your DVR or whatever it is you do because uh, I guess most of it's on ESPN Plus. So you can watch it back on demand, but uh, you, you don't want to miss out if uh, you know if, if you're trying to watch it live. Then tune in, and figure out it already passed you by already. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting with it being too early because I mean it's always fun when you usually have like two promotions doing a fight. Uh, on a on a, like a say a Saturday because then you get the fights in the morning then you got fights later in the evening it's just like ah I can just lounge around and watch fights all day but it was it was kind of fun seeing even the fighters sort of talking about how they're looking forward to sort of fight and then still have their evening to kind of just yeah. go and do whatever which I'm sure it's different and I mean I think anytime you do it over and over and over something that sort of switched it up can add a little bit more excitement and just 
freshen it up for them a little I bit. Think, so. I think the early fights, I mean, obviously, like, we've, we've talked about this at times, depending on where we are in the world. And, you know, Fight Island, some of those were, like, the timing was just weird. Yeah, like, uh, like early, early yeah. morning, like, when you're talking about, like, it's still dark out, that's Yeah, not that fun. messes that's you up. These are going to be okay. <laughs> I, I think, I think you know, even, you know, it starts off with Impa Kasanganai and Sasha Palatnikov. Um, they'll be fighting at 8.30 a.m. local time. That's a little bit early for sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but I think it's as we fight. settle in, oh, it is a good one. I, what what – I think what a lot of what a lot of them said was, you know, especially because we were interviewing main card fighters and featured prelim fighters, and they were like, "Look, I'm probably going to be fighting, you know, around, uh, you know, 11 or so. Like that's what time we normally spar anyway. You know, I thought that was interesting. You know, that's what time our normal gym sessions are. So, yeah. um, I think there is something to be said for that, and and also just not having that, um, you know, that that nervous energy of waiting around all day, right, man? When you're fighting headliner on a pay-per-view especially if you're like east coast you know you're not yeah, you're not true. fighting till 1 a.m in the morning <laughs> or 12 or midnight and you got that whole damn day to let go so um i, I think it will be a a fun one uh on abc uh and by the way should mention you know we don't we don't normally talk a lot about bellator just because we end up covering ufc uh, and of course uh bellator uh is on fridays um but uh but bellator does have a card this this uh this weekend as well beater versus machita two uh grand prix quarterfinal matchup of course um, you know, former two-division Bellator champion Ryan Bader, who, of course, is the heavyweight champ right now against former UFC champ Leota Machida. That's a very good fight, uh, and it's a Grand Prix quarterfinal bout. Obviously, that that Grand Prix is pretty stacked. Liz Carmouche versus Vanessa Porto. Actually, a very good women's fight there as well. Adam yeah. Boric versus Jeremy Kennedy. That's a fantastic that fight really there good. as well. Uh, Kazangano is back as well. And really, you go all the way down and – you know, even the prelims are getting deeper for, for Bellator these days because they're no longer using, you know, kind of the local, local. ticket seller. Yeah, now you've actually got rostered fighters on there. So um, another good card. This month is just going to be crazy. PFL is coming back as well. I keep saying we need to get Nolan King on. We do need to get Nolan King. He's the uh, he's the mayor of the fight sphere, basically. He goes to all the Bellator <laughs> events. So we need to get him on to preview one of these. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I was just happy to be able to, to, to make it through this episode and – I didn't. I didn't even bring any audio. Or I actually had two interviews scheduled today, and I canceled them because I was like, I, I was like, I can't. So I got to get to the road show. Sorry, y'all. I was like, yeah, I got, I'm sorry. I've got <laughs> beverages to drink. No, I, I, I had like video interviews planned, but like I couldn't even keep my eye open. I'm like, I'm sniffling and I can't keep my eye open. I was like, I'm not going on video like this. So I had some interviews planned that I was going to share, but we'll you. we'll move to. The- <laughs> <laughs> I can't even laugh that hard because it's hurting my throat. Uh, listen, we got weigh-ins in the morning. I'm not going to keep talking because I know the sniffling and coughing is probably getting on your nerves. So uh, I'm just proud I made it through. Historic six-year anniversary of the MMA Roadshow, episode number 315, the birthday mm. in the house, uh, March mm. 15th. So, you know, good things all the way around. But now I'm going to go uh, take some medicine and try to get some sleep. Weigh-ins, uh, if you're a weigh-in kind of person, they are one hour earlier than normal because they're early fights. They're doing earlier weigh-ins, too. Uh, and I'm just hoping I get to feel somewhat better in the next 48 hours. Uh, for everybody that supports us over patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, shout out again uh, to Zach and Thomas for uh, uh, hooking us up with the beverage this week. And uh, because I feel like crap, I really wasn't able to consume that many of the beverages. So uh, they will continue to be extended out into I next week. Well, I could help. Or maybe that. not. Or <laughs> we'll see how the Casa de Cold Coffee staff has handled uh, the beverages over here between uh, now and next week. There's then- a whole lot of time from now to then. <laughs> There's a whole lot. So in the meantime, we'll just everybody. Thanks for listening.